This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. It's my pleasure to be with you all. And uh, joining me, as always, is Dr. Richard Blackaby, who helps take our leadership to the next level. Well, I'm working on some harder than others, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> but it is good to be with you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, let's just jump right into it this week, why don't we? And uh, No see... preamble? Nope. No, no chasing rabbits? No, no rabbits, no <laughs> hares, uh, no distractions, no diversions. I think you're getting distracted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as I was saying. Um, yeah, so so this week we're going to dive in and see what's what. Yeah. Uh, and uh, speaking of that, it's, uh, uh, I'm going to just you gotta go be a little. You got to be a little faster, yeah, Richard. You know, I, know. I just, I just lobbed that up quick. there. You're a quick one, Sam. Yeah, you know, I don't and, care uh, what people say. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this, uh, I'm actually want to, I, okay, I, I, I sort of need a bit of a disclosure here because. Okay. So the preamble then. Uh, the so preamble. I'll let you do the preamble. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the preambles around here. Sam. Yeah, okay. Uh, my associate, Rick Fisher, and, and yours, uh, our vice president of our ministry, mm-hmm. has a saying that has become very popular for him. He, he certainly likes it and uses it all the time. He and I travel together all the time. And uh, he's, con- I don't think we ever go on a trip where at some point he doesn't say this phrase. Uh, and so I'm not throwing Rick under the bus. I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad phrase, but I, I would like to exegete it a little bit mm. in this session. Rick's not here to defend himself. So if you want full <laughs> disclosure, you'll need to talk to him. He's going to have yeah. to start his own podcast. Yeah. Um, but this he is couldn't a- be reached for comment before <laughs> publication. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this is the phrase that he is want to use. And that is, it is what it is. And mm-hmm. so something will go wrong. We'll- so what is it? <laughs> we'll we'll travel some, uh, somewhere to a conference, and uh, when we arrive, we find out that uh, maybe the pastor or the person that was in charge of putting it together has not done as good of a job advertising it as he should. He made some rookie assumptions that uh, proved to be false, and now we're there, but uh, there things aren't in place. Uh, promotion's not been what we thought it would be. Uh, there's various logit- logistical problems. And so at some point, I know that Rick's going to probably say it is what it is. And I I have had this, uh, this sort of struggle with that phrase in some ways. And mm-hmm. and I'd like to just talk a little bit about that because I think it, it kind of surfaces uh, an issue for leaders. Um, when, you, when you shrug your shoulders and say it is what it is... Um, I suppose there's a good side to that and a bad side. Uh, and there, Paul, in a sense, kind of was on both sides of that. Um, he, uh, on one side, uh, Paul said this, uh, which sounds a lot like it is what it is. In Philippians 4, uh, verse 11, he says, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I'm in, for mm-hmm. I know how to make do with little, and I know how to do, make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Uh, and he goes on, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I'm able to do all things through him who strengthens me. So so that sounds kind of like it is what it is there. Yeah, It's like Paul saying, if I've got a lot, I can adjust to that. If I have little, I, I adjust to that. If I've got plenty to eat, that's fine. If I've got a little to eat, uh, I can handle that too. 
Um, and I think that there is uh, a certain part of us that um, needs to kind of embrace that approach or else the frustrations of leadership are going to drive you crazy. Yeah. Because oftentimes people don't respond the way you expected them to. Circumstances don't always turn out the way that they should. Uh, whenever someone asks me about how my favorite hockey team is doing, I tend to have to say... It is what it is. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, instead of just saying they lost <laughs> again, I have to say, well, but their best defenseman was uh, out from COVID and this was, they didn't have this and they were jet lagged because their plane got in late the night before. And so uh, instead of just saying it is what it is, they lost, I, I sort of feel the need to like, Go into all the to reasons explain why the you know. specifics for why this time yes they because lost they, 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 yeah because had that not happened that's true who only only God knows yeah. what could have have been the end result but so uh, you know sometimes you can just agonize over what if it, mm -hmm. if they had just done that if they had just yeah. done this if the if the economy had not just tanked right when I was trying to sell my house uh, you know and you can and you can get so stressed about that that you, uh, one of the, the, I think one of the skills of leaders is you've got to deal with the world that is, not the world you want it to be. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you lead an organization, you can't try, you know, a lot of times people's frustration is they don't have the church that they want if they're a pastor. They have a church full of people that don't want to follow, that aren't very spiritual, that uh, aren't excited about being on mission with God. And so a lot of leaders get frustrated because they want their organization to be different than what it actually is. Yeah. And so sometimes I think it can be healthy to say, well, it is what it is, at least for now. That's, where, that's what I've got to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, these are the circumstances that I'm working under. Uh, and that really kind of helps you be more stress-free. <laughs> uh, you, you're not stressing out over what it's supposed to be like or what it could have been like. You just accept this is what it's like, and yeah. Um, and I've known some people at times that just obsessed over, well, if only you know, if only this, if only that, and sometimes it could be really healthy to just ground yourself in. But this is how it is. This is what it's like. And yeah, it would have been nice if the economy was booming right now. Uh, that it would have been nice if uh, this law had passed or. Uh, you know, any number of things, but what is the reality? Let's deal with reality. Yeah, so would, would people who prefer that uh, sort of mode of operating, um, do you think they would consider themselves just realists? Like, I'm not, uh, you know, not caught up in, you know, what could be, but I'm dealing with the facts on the ground. And Yeah, and it's like, or let's they, not waste they, our time yeah. speculating about other worlds that we don't live in like this is the world we're in this is what it's yeah. like so so like uh you know if rick and i arrive somewhere and, and the hosts are not nearly as prepared as they should have been we can get all upset it can ruin our dinner we can get all frustrated and have a, a the wrong attitude when we go in to speak to the people the next day or we can say okay well the crowd's not as big as we'd hoped it would be could have been bigger if they had just done these simple things, but um, but all right, but that's who we've got. So let's let's give them our best uh, and move on. But that you know that's kind of the positive side of that. Mm -hmm. But you know even with Paul, 
he says something as well in the same book of Philippians, verse, chapter 3, verse 12. He says, not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ. And uh, he goes on to say, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised, and so on. So mm. in other words, he's talking about striving. He's, he's saying, I'm, I'm not content to stay where I am. Yeah. I know that there's more, and so I'm pressing on. I'm reaching forward. Um, and so I, I also realize that for some people, saying it is what it is can be a cop-out. Uh, you know, you've got a, you've got a manager who's uh, not his department, his division is not uh, meeting sales goals, uh, but hey, the economy is not great, so it is what it is. You know, we're 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 underperforming, but it is what it is. Uh, quite frankly, as a leader, I don't like people working under me who use that phrase very much. <laughs> it's like if you missed the target, you you didn't get the work done. Don't come to me and just shrug your shoulders and say it is what it is. That's not the right. That's not the answer that I'm looking for from people that work for me. I I want to. I want results and I want problems overcome uh, and solved. Uh, don't just sit, think you could t- tell the boss it is what it is. That's usually not going to go over very well for the boss. I want to hear that you're striving and reaching forward and pressing on and overcoming. Yeah. It, you may not have arrived there yet, but you're, you're not content to stay where you are. And, and I've seen pastors that way, that uh, their church has not grown in 10, 15, 20 years but they kind of shrug their shoulders and say, it is what it is. I guess this church is just meant to always be small, or I guess I'm just a small church kind of pastor, uh, so I'm not going to be stressed about it. And those kind of people don't typically struggle from heart disease because they're not overly stressed in their uh, in their life and their leadership, but they also don't set the world on fire either. Mm. And so, uh, so, it's, so, you know, when Rick uh, comes and reports into me, Oh, they didn't advertise like they should have. We, I, you know, they should have done this. They should have done that. Uh, before he says it is what it is, I'm going to say, well, Rick, what could we have done to prepare this pastor? Should we have sent him a checklist and told him, okay, on on, on these dates, we're going to check back with you and make sure that you have done this and you've advertised here and you have enlisted these people and and we'll follow up a week out and a month out and. Before we just say it is what it is, let's stop and ask ourselves what could we have done so that it is different right now than what it is. Uh, and what do we learn from this? What do we take? I mean, obviously, it's it may be too late. Uh, I have been in, I have had scenarios like that where I, I traveled a great distance to go to a meeting and then was disappointed to hear that when, when I arrived that, oh, well, these people we thought were going to sponsor this meeting and then they backed out and they're not sending any of their people and it's going to be a lot smaller and uh, we're, we're having to cut costs and, and so on. And uh, But then I've also known sponsors, instead of just saying it is what it is, they they got on the phone and they started calling people and they started sending out emails and they started offering last minute discounts and they, instead of just saying it is what it is, they took the last few hours and they stepped it up and made every effort uh and so you know i'm so i'm always a little uh, there's this tension there because there is uh you know when do you go to that it is what it is and when do you say i'm not willing to just accept that yet 
there, there's, there may be more that still could be done. Well, let's take a quick break here and we'll find out more about what is and what isn't. <laughs> Richard and Daniel Blackaby will be at the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove on May 17th through 19th, 2021. The title of this event is On the Move, How God Increases Your Spiritual Influence. You can find out more and register at thecove.org. Links will also be in the show notes. Well, Richard, we've seen what was. <laughs> we've looked at what is. And now, let us look at what is to come. Um, but we've, we've, we've looked at uh, just this attitude that can sometimes creep into any leader and, and just sort of the, uh, the idea that things are the way they are. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, as Rick likes to say, um, but that that can sometimes lead us down a path of complacency. Yeah, um, that can cause us to um, really use that as a crutch to not really do our our very best. And so, uh, I guess my thinking would be, there are times when, as you said, that things are what they are. It is what it is, and there really isn't anything else to do but to accept it and move on. Um, but I suspect, as as you know, that there are times where um, it could be something else. Yeah. And so maybe just let, let's break down from the time we have left for the listeners. Um, what are those times that, what are some principles that we can take away to know, okay, in, in this instance, let's let it go and, and we'll, we'll try and do better next time. And in other instances, no, actually there's still more work that could be done to improve the situation. Yeah, uh, and so I think the first thing you want to do is you want to recognize what can be changed and what cannot be changed. Uh, if you are uh, at the venue and uh, they didn't advertise it very well and it, the, the meeting starts in 15 minutes, you're probably at this point just need to resign yourself. That's your audience. You're, you're not, it's too late to advertise anymore, uh, make last ditch sort of marketing campaigns. And so uh, at a certain point, you just realize, okay, this is, uh, this can't be changed. It, it, right. it might've been able to be changed if we had looked at it two weeks ago, but uh, at this point now, there it's not changeable. It's, uh, this is what we've got to work with. So w once you determine now, and so the flip side of that is if something can be changed, you also need to recognize that. Don't don't go to it is what it is if there's still time to change something, mm -hmm. to, to make something a different. So the first key is, is it feasible at this point to change? And if it's not, then you may have to resign yourself. This is what I've got. Uh, second is uh, don't, don't waste energy and stress and worry on what is out of your control. There's some things you, you can't do anything about. It's, it's not up to you. It's not your purview uh, for instance if you're working with the church and there's some things that only the pastor can do and the pastor chose not to do it uh, you can't do his job uh, you weren't there in his place and you, you wish you could have done his job for him but you, you can't and so just decide I mean is this if, if this is in my area of responsibility and I just dropped the ball well then do I, is there still time to change it but if it's not my responsibility I can't fret myself on what if that guy had only done his job now yeah. if, if my job is to remind that guy to do his job that's that's something but i can't necessarily do his job so determine is this something that i could have done anyway is this my job 
or is this just maybe it's an economy thing you know if it's like the economy tanked you're not in charge of the economy so you can stress about it and kick yourself and and keep on thinking over and over again if only you know the economy had been booming then and uh but it you know you're completely out of your control so don't worry about that because that is something that you can fret about the rest of your life it's not going to change it and then third, just manage well what is within your control. So if, if there is something that you could do, do it well. Uh, do it to the best of your ability. And, and that's really where a drive and uh, motivation comes in. And just throughout the course of my life, I've got some friends that are very slow-talking, slow-moving, easy-going kind of guys. I mean, if you just want to chill out, they are great guys to chill out with. Uh, if you want to turn around uh, a church or an organization, they're probably not the guys uh, because they just are not that driven. They're not. They're never really in a hurry. Uh, they don't get all that excited. It's just easygoing uh, kind of people. And so those kind of people tend to gravitate toward it is what it is because they're okay. Uh, you know, they're they're okay with. A small crowd, a small sale, uh, not much change, uh, and you sort of say, "Well, but but that was within your control. You just settled for a lot less than you needed to." And there's a great story actually in Second Kings chapter 13, where Elisha the prophet uh, has Jehoash, the king, come to him, and 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 Elisha says, "Okay, now take these arrows. Uh, he's going to make a prophetic kind of." Uh, a decree on the Arameans, who are the enemies of the nation of Israel. And so he tells the king, take these arrows and strike the ground with them. And so the king thinks, okay, strike the ground. So he hits the ground three times and he stops. He thinks three is a good biblical kind of number and that maybe is sufficient. And and Elisha immediately rebukes him and says, why did you only hit the ground three times? Like, Why didn't you hit it five or six times? Because he says every time you struck the ground was going to represented a time that your your army was going to defeat the Arameans, and you struck it three times, you're going to beat them three times. But if you'd struck it five or six times, that would have been enough defeats to basically knock them right out of the, of commission. Uh, and so all you all you've done is you're going to just give them a setback, but you're not going to destroy them. And and so Elisha is saying, look, when you have an opportunity to do something, do it with gusto, do it yeah. with enthusiasm, always go the extra mile, do more than than is required, not not just the minimal. And basically, the king did the minimum, and so he was going to get the minimum results. And so I always tell people, I mean, there's lots of reasons for you to be driven to say, I'm not going to be satisfied with just what is. I I am driven to make things better. One of those uh, motivators has to be the glory of God. You've got to realize that your work reflects on God. Uh, and so knowing that, why would you ever be half-hearted, lackadaisical about bringing glory to God, to your creator? Uh, everything you do, you want to do with enthusiasm because it reflects on God. I remember when I first became a pastor, I came into a church that had been uh, had an interim pastor for a while and was it was kind of, it was somewhat neglected. Like this church was, uh, you know, you walk into an auditorium that people have been meeting in every week and you're just kind of struck with how bland it looks. 
Like there's no flowers, no potted plants. Uh, everything looks old and tired and drab. And it just people, it, they've kind of gotten into that attitude. It is what it is. That's just, that's the way the auditorium looks. It's looked that way for years. So we don't even think about it. We just walk in and we have our worship service. We go home. But then a, a new leader comes in and looks around and says, yeah, but that, it could be so much better than that. Uh, yeah. Why would you? Why wouldn't we just go get a couple of potted plants and add some greenery onto the platform? Or, you know, why why would we leave this dusty old thing that's been sitting here forever? Unattra- it was unattractive when it was new, and now it's old and dingy. Let's let's just remove some things. Let's. Uh, this is big and bulky. Why don't we get something that's more streamlined? Um, but a lot of a lot of times, especially followers, get into this attitude. Well, that's just how it's always been. That's it is what it is. That's. Uh, why would we change that? And uh, and then others look at the same thing and say, but it could be so much better. Why would you leave it that way when it could be better? And a lot of that just comes down to pride in, in, or, or uh, the glory of God to say, like, I'm serving God here. I reflect on God. So it, it needs to be the best that I can do. It may not be the best in the world, but certainly the best that I can do. Why, why would I just give it half my effort and say, there, God, that's, it's good enough? Um, when you could have done more and made it even better. Uh, and mm. then secondly, it's just, it was glory to God. And then secondly, there's just pride in your work. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to instill that in people uh, to help them actually have pride in what they do. But some people, they just don't really care. Uh, it's just, it, they, they're just, they just want to get it done and move on to stuff that they enjoy doing. They don't really enjoy their work. They don't take pride in their work. And yet I would say, but you, you're investing, uh, a lot of your life in in your work so whether you necessarily just love your work or not it's you, if you're going to put that much of your life into something it ought to be as good as you can do it i yeah you know it's, i remember years ago i had a summer job where i was working at a, a kind of a discount lumber yard and, and we sold discounted wood it was not prime wood lumber it was uh, you know a good deal and uh we so one of the things we did was we sold a lot of uh, boards that would be used for fences. And, uh, and and because it was cheaper lumber, what that meant was that, you know, if you bought a stack of lumber, you'd probably get a couple of really nice boards in there and you get a couple of sort of average boards. And there might even just be a, a bad board in there somewhere, but you sort of paid a really cheap price and then, you know, you got it's what you mixed got. Bag. Probably yeah. just buy 10% more than you need and you know, throw away 10% of the junk and you got a decent fence and, and you're saving so much money that it's worth it. But so, uh, so someone would come in to buy, they'd say, okay, I need this many boards. I'm building a fence. And, and my job was to help load it up on their truck or whatever. And some guys would just say, um, ah, you know, uh, that's fine. Just, just throw those boards on there. They would say, it's just a fence. You know, it's, it's just a fence. Like, I, I'm, it's, it's not like it's a china cabinet. I'm just building a fence. So that's that's all I need, just some basic boards to get the job done. And then I'd have other people that would be picking through all the boards trying to get just the really good ones. And and that you weren't allowed to do that. That was that was kind of the deal was you took it as is. Uh, and I would say, well, I'm sorry, you can't you can't just pick the you know, the, ten, the top 10% in this whole pile and then leave all the junk. We You, you sort of take it as a you know, as is like that. And, and they would look at me and say, yeah, but, but this is for my fence. 
<laughs> I would say, well, the guy right before you said it's only a fence, but for you, yeah. it's it's but it's your fence. Uh, it's it's what's going to be circling your property, and and you care about it. And I and I thought, you know, for a lot of people, it's I mean, it's the, the building the using it for the same purpose. Some people is like, but this reflects on me. This reflects on my property. I, it needs to be the best it can be. And and other people, very same thing. But it's like, uh, who, who really cares, you know? And mm. uh, so I've, I've, uh, you know, I've, the the people that have really exceeded, uh, excelled as leaders have typically been the ones who took pride in their work. That's, I mean, Steve Jobs is a classic example. You know, you buy a new laptop from Apple, and just pulling it out of the package, like he would agonize about the layout and how you just packaged up. Yeah. You know, the power cord. It's like, it's just a power cord. Just like throw it in the box, you know? Like they're just going to open it all up once they get it anyway. But he he wanted it to be an experience. Uh, yeah. Even just how you pulled it out of the box. Of course, that made them the most valuable company in the world as a result because he took pride in his work. Uh, and others would say it's just a box. It's just, it's just yeah. a, a necessary evil of having to uh, pull things out and put and plug them in. Uh, and so I, I don't, I've never really known for sure how to teach people to care about their work, uh, to motivate them to take pride in their work. Uh, you can model it, you can talk about it. Um, but you know, there's some people that are just a little too quick to push the, it is what it is button and just do the minimum. And then yeah. there's others to say, well, that's how it is now, but I think I can improve it. Uh, I can make it better. And so, um, for, for those of you, our listeners today, that tend to get kind of stressed out about stuff beyond your control, then you probably need this phrase. <laughs> you probably need to just chill out a bit and yeah. just accept the fact that you are, have not been asked to run the world and you can't just uh, be in charge of making everything as it should be. You need to look within your realm of uh, control and possibilities and do that well. But the stuff that's beyond you, uh, you may have to just realize, okay, that's not my, I, I have no control over that. I'm just going to have to accept that uh, and not stress about it. Uh, but those things that I could make better, those things that could have been different had I just done a better job, um, those things, I'm going to not just be too quick to just accept how they are. I, I may have to accept the way they are this time. But I'm going to definitely make changes so next time it isn't the same way. It's better the next time. And so uh, one, of the, one of the kind of fine details of leadership is having to recognize day after day what is within my control, what is it I should concern myself about and do my very best, and what things do I have to just wash my hands of and say, that's, I, I wish that guy had more pride in his work, but... He doesn't, but that's uh, that's his concern, not mine. Hmm. Well, I think a very practical uh, practical podcast today, hmm. and so I appreciate you taking the time. And until next time, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners, so email us at podcast at blackv.org.